Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, I'm Bill. That's Jib. Welcome to On Deck, the, the PC gaming podcast where we talk all about the Steam Deck and PC gaming. And you guys probably are familiar with who Jib is, uh, I've, I've talked about something that they that, that he's made on the show a couple of times. Jib, tell people who you are, real quick. Um, I'm I'm an info specialist, but I'm probably best known as the creator of Flickstick, um, which a lot of people still don't know what that is, and that's fine. <laughs> but if you have heard of me, that'll be why. <laughs> yeah, I, I so I've had a couple of people on the show, and uh, I. I don't know how I am very interested in steam input and like the things that you can do with the steam controller and the steam deck. And yeah. um, so when, whenever there's like some, something where we're talking about steam input, I usually will start talking about flick stick, not because I use it because I, I try to use it and I'm, I still, mm-hmm. I can't get my head around it. There's too much muscle memory, but I'm still trying. Um, but I always like talk about it to people and every time they're like, holy cow, this is amazing. This is, this is game changing, which is exactly the same reaction that I have. And then I try it and I, I'm like, my brain will only let me do the flicking part, not the rotation part. That's the part I really have trouble with, but I think it's awesome. And if I can really force myself to get used to it, I think it could be a like like everybody always says a complete game changer. So, Jib was in the comments of my my video, and I was like, "Oh, cool! He's actually here. That's awesome!" And he said, "Hey, if you want somebody to come on the show who actually has heard of Flickstick, uh, I, I might know somebody." So uh, here he is. Uh, how did you come up with this? It started with it was inspired by Splatoon, really. Where mm-hmm. um, I before. Splatoon 2 was my first Splatoon game. Obviously, Splatoon, or for those who may not know, it really popularized gyro aiming. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was really radical, I guess, in how it works, in that when gyro aiming is active, um, the right stick doesn't control the vertical axis at all. It can only be used for turning left and right. And this is an interesting design, design decision because um, if you've ever put a controller into a new player's hands for the first time, you've probably seen them quite quickly end up staring at their feet or staring at the sky. It just essentially solves that problem. But yeah. it does it by going, oh, we need to be sure that they have enough vertical range of movement just with the gyro. And so for me, I was like, wow, this opens up um, how good gyro can be, how wide and versatile gyro can be. And the other part that uh, Splatoon has is a camera reset button. Um where if you're moving in a direction when you press it, it doesn't just reset the camera vertically, but it also flicks the camera around behind you to face that direction. And I thought from watching videos of people doing it before I got the game, if this is really powerful, as powerful as I think it is, um, and as flexible as I think it is, you could almost do away with the right stick altogether if you're doing this for your big horizontal movements, gyro for your smaller horizontal movements, and all of your vertical movements. And then I thought... If you could do away with the right stick altogether, you could actually move that functionality onto the right stick and have it no longer tied to your movement at all. And so then when I finally got the game and played it, I found that it, it didn't do some things that I thought it would do. And I thought, well, I've got to experiment and try and, and see if the, the version that's in my head is as good as I think it is. And so I made open source software, converts controller input to keyboard and mouse input, and I was able to just kind of force those controls into any game and be like, yeah, okay, Doom 2016, Overwatch, it just works, it's great. Um, so that's how it came about. And then and then Valve, like, recognized it, and they were like, all right, we're going to put it in Steam input. That must have been pretty crazy. That was so cool. It was something that, yeah, so 
I think Valve had really set the bar for um, gyro controls in the first place. Um, my first experience of gyro controls was with Steam input with a PlayStation 4 controller. And then I played Splatoon. And I was like, well, hang on a second. How come these aren't, these controls aren't very tight? Um, they kind of feel less reliable, even though the game's running at a great frame rate. Why is that? And so in investigating my own software, I realized that um, uh, Steam was doing, it was keeping things very simple. And Splatoon was probably doing a lot of, I guess, kind of overthinking it in a lot of ways. And so, so Steam set the bar very high. And so then to see that feature kind of like everything come full circle where I'd gone, okay, here's some things that Steam doesn't do that I'd like it to do. And a couple of years later, see them actually in Steam. That was an awesome feeling. I was just over the moon. Because I'll tell you what, originally um, I started working on this gyro stuff um, and Flixic stuff and, and documentation for how to do it and open source software in the hopes that game developers would take it and run with it. Mm-hmm. So then I wouldn't have to spend all my free time working on this stuff anymore. <laughs> and um, But it took too long, so I ended up getting, you know, my dream job out of it. And, and like, it's been great. But for a good long while, I was just hopeful that someone else would run with it so that I could just play games that way without actually trying to do all this work myself. I think it would be... I think that it would be probably the the new default... Kind of like how, in my opinion, Orange Box from from uh, that that had uh, Portal and um, oh my god, what the hell is the name of the their um, team shooter? Yeah, Team Fortress. Team Fortress. Thank um, you, and- uh, Team Fortress. And I feel like that kind of for me legitimized twins like uh, a oh. controller shooting. I feel like if Microsoft would put a gyro in their controllers, then flick stick would be the new iteration. And I don't think it'll ever take off until everybody's got gyro. Like that's the one thing that I feel like everybody has to have before this can really take off because too often developers will just say, Oh, well the Xbox doesn't have a gyro, so we can just ignore the gyro. And then now nobody gets to use the gyro. Like I've been playing a lot of overwatch two lately. And I've been yeah. playing on my PlayStation, which has the DualSense controller, and they just, you know, Blizzard just completely ignored all of the the coolness of the DualSense controller. They don't use any of the cool uh, trigger stuff. They don't do any of the, no. the gyro stuff. And it was so frustrating to me because I love aiming with gyro. Yeah, sure. I know you do. And so for me, it was um, – it's why I didn't get a PS4. I think PS4 was was – uh, had a very strong run in its generation um, compared to the Xbox One, which, you know, it also did well. They're both great consoles with great games on them. But um, I think the PS4 really stood out and, you know, the numbers, uh, the sales kind of reflect that. But for me, I was like, look, these games are really cool, um, except aiming is sometimes important in them and they don't have gyro controls. So why would I get a PS4 or even just use a PS4 controller on PC? And so I didn't get a PS5 until I knew that my stuff was coming. I was working on Fortnite. I knew my stuff was coming into it. And I was like, this this could be impactful. This could be the start of something uh, different. Um, so I'll get a PS5 optimistically. That's awesome. Uh, anyway, thank you very much for making Flickstick. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep plugging uh, away and learning yeah. how to use it because I can see the potential and the biggest roadblock is me. Yeah, go ahead. When I when I had Flickstick working, for me, like, I really enjoyed it. For me, it wasn't, like, um, the be-all and end-all. The focus was still very much gyro, and it still is for me. But what I really was quite surprised to see when I shared Flickstick with other people, showed them what, it, what it's like, is um, it was... Almost like a bait and switch, where people who had written off motion controls uh, because they're motion controls, so you know why would you why would you ever try them? Suddenly, saw well, hang on a second, flick stick looks really interesting, and you need motion controls to do flick stick. Okay, I'll give that a go. And some people pick it up quickly, some people persevere and and pick it up, and some people bounce off it and never pick it up. Mm-hmm. But they stick with the motion controls, and they wouldn't have tried the motion controls. On, on the merits of motion gyro controls on their own. They had only tried it because of flick stick. So there's a bit of, sometimes there's a bit of come for the flick stick, 
stay for the gyro. And I really, I really think gyro is the thing that's near universal. Um, and we don't really have any data on um, how much easier or harder flick stick is for really brand new players because everyone has this muscle memory. Every gamer has this muscle memory that they're working against. Yeah, the gyro, I think, is really a key there. That's true. Uh, I will say that I think that, like you said, that people uh, dismiss motion controls very quickly. And, you know, thank you to the Nintendo Wii. The Nintendo Wii was an awesome console, but there were a lot of games where you're just like, ah, shaking stuff around. And, like, as soon as you hear motion controls, that's what you think. You think of that stupid waggle that we were doing. And that is not what. That's not what gyro aiming is. It's completely different. And uh, people just need to get it out of their heads that that's that's what it is. All right. Yeah, even with Breath of the Wild. Sorry, you you keep going to continue. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, so with Breath of the Wild, we talk about gyro controls. A lot of people were kind of converted by Breath of the Wild. It's Mm -hmm. a fantastic game. Um, It uses them very situationally. Like it's the ideal genre of game to learn gyro controls because you don't always have to aim. It's only when you pull out your bow or you go to throw a weapon. But there's also those like tilt the console to tilt the maze puzzles. Mm -hmm. Um, And for some people, when you say Breath of the Wild gyro controls, they go, no, you're talking about tilt puzzles. And I hated that. And and so it's unfortunate that even there, where um, on the one hand, the application was almost perfect. On the other hand, uh, there's still some baggage uh, with how they misused it in an entirely unrelated way. Mm -hmm. It's like... It's like how some older PC games would have you cast a spell by drawing a letter or a swirl or something on a screen with the mouse <laughs> yeah. and going, oh, mouse sucks for games, and, <laughs> and then just dismissing it. That, that's that's absolutely perfect. Uh, all right, let's move on from uh, input yeah. methods. And I want to talk really quickly. And honestly, I'm only bringing this up because I know that this has been talked about a lot recently. And so people are going to be asking like what what we think about in the in the comment section over on the YouTube channel. Uh, leave a like, by the way. Um, JSOX, which um, I have put out videos about, you know, their docs and stuff. Uh, they have recently gotten uh, a lot of flack because some people are saying, and it's 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 not just gaming on Linux, which is the website that. Or the like the Twitter account that really kind of broke this and 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 they put out like a YouTube video about it, but essentially, uh, people are saying, "Hey, I'm getting emails from like this CBD website, and it's a, it they're sending these emails to the email address that I used when I ordered from JSOX, and I'm using like Apple uh, hide my email, so." You can't just oh. like there's no way for that to happen if they didn't sell my information. And I'm not here to say whether or not they're selling people's information, but I did want to say, hey, you know, just be careful uh, when you are buying from their website. Gaming on Linux did a video and they talked about they looked at their website and there were some third party scripts that they were running. And listen, I'm not trying to defend anybody, but what I will say is that as somebody who I am not a web guy, I don't know what the hell, I don't know how to make a website. I, I wrote HTML in the 90s, and I haven't done anything since, really. It's like if I can't make it like, you know, just drag and drop, I can't do it. So I could probably have fallen into the same trap where I'm like, oh, I need a thing to do a thing. So I'll just grab this third party thing and put it in. And maybe some of those third party things are grabbing people's information. That being said, um, you know, everybody seems to be painting them in a really bad light right now. And all I want to say is that, you know, let's just hold off and wait and find out, but be cautious at the same time and make sure that if you're, if you're buying from them, you, you know, use an email address that you otherwise won't you won't use. Did, what do you think about? Are you a web guy? Do you know anything about this stuff? Because this is beyond me. Yeah, look, it's it's not really my space either. Um, and this is the first I've heard of all this. We've just been talking before the the show started about how oh yeah, I, I stay on top of of tech news, gaming news, and stuff like that. And and this is um, totally news to me. But um, 
I, I think there's a lot of wisdom there in um, don't cast blame quickly, but um, exercise caution always, you know? Um, yeah. And this is a, a reason to exercise more caution. Yeah, and I always say never attribute to malice what you can attribute to yeah, incompetence. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not saying that they're incompetent, but maybe they are. Who knows? Yeah. Well, anyway. Well, oops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on and talk about what games we've been playing this week. And I'm going to ask Jib in a second what games he's been playing this week. But before we do, I'm going to take a quick second to thank our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Sponsors. Real quick, I want to thank the sponsor for today's episode, and that is Basis. I cannot tell you the number of times that we've been out and about. Neither myself, my wife, or one of my kids needs something charged. Maybe it's a phone. Maybe it's a tablet. Maybe it's a Steam Deck. Whatever it is, battery banks are super useful. Now, this is the Basis 65-watt, 20,000 milliamp uh, battery charger. It's got two USB-A ports, a USB-C port, and a USB micro port. This thing is the one that I bought with my own money before Basis reached out to me to sponsor a video. And uh, I think that this thing is absolutely fantastic. However, my favorite is the Basis 100-watt, 20,000 milliamp hour charger. This is just like the smaller version. It weighs just a little bit more. It's wider and it's flatter. It's got a bigger screen on it, so it'll tell you not only how full it is, but how long it'll take you to fill it back up and how long it's going to take before it discharges. It has two USB-C ports and two USB-A ports, but the killer feature for this is that it charges at up to 100 watts, whereas the smaller one, only goes up to 65 watts. Now, if you're charging, say, your Steam Deck, you don't have to worry about that because these will both charge the Steam Deck at the same rate. But if you're charging multiple things, which you can with both of these, I think that this one is going to have a little more bang for your buck. Of course, this one costs about 100 bucks, and this one costs about 65 There's links in the description down below. If you want to support the channel, support our sponsors. And a big thank you to Basis for supporting NerdNest. All right, and we are back. Jib, what games have you been playing this week, man? I've been mostly on my PS5 this week um, playing Deathloop. um, I've been holding off on playing it uh, because I knew gyro controls were coming. And uh, so once they got there, once they got in there with Flickstick, um, oh, so it has Flickstick too. It. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I I consulted on it. Um, so I had a really great experience working with the team there. By the by, the time they brought me on, um, I had a look at what they'd already done, and they had a fantastic gyro controls implementation. There are a couple of things to kind of like figure out, um, but mostly the advice was on what do players actually expect what kind of you know ranges of sensitivities do players actually need here which a lot of games get wrong mm-hmm. um so they've done a fantastic job um and i've been really enjoying playing it it was already like a really well received game anyway um and one of those that i was really hoping would get gyro controls eventually so to be able to help out with that has been awesome it's funny i i um i think i got it part of my ps plus subscription so oh, i sure. installed it haven't played it yet. And then it came to Game Pass. So I installed it on my Xbox. Haven't played it yet. Um, I keep looking at it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to play this eventually. But now that, that it has Flickster, is it a fast-paced game? No, that's the thing. It's a great game for learning <laughs> Flickstick, in my opinion, or gyro controls, um, if you're not already used to them. But I don't know you are, Bill. Um, because it's a slow-paced game. It's a stealth okay. game. 
Oh, okay. And so you take your time, you set yourself up, you get ready, you make a plan, and then you try and execute it. And it does get chaotic. Things go wrong, um, as you expect them to in a stealth game. But, um, yeah, that's part of the learning experience. It's, um, yeah. So it's. I think it's one of the only, I think the only games with Flickstick on PlayStation are probably Deathloop and Fortnite. Um, and it came to Deathloop with the update that when Deathloop came to Game Pass. So there, oh. there were some comments uh, that like, oh, Deathloop has finally hit Xbox and suddenly it plays better on PlayStation than it does on Xbox. Uh, <laughs> right. Because it has your own control. And it's an Xbox, like it's a Microsoft company. Like yeah. but they, they bought them yeah. after the fact. Right. Yeah. Well, so we see, we see a similar thing actually with um, uh, Call of Duty now has gyro controls. Mm-hmm. Microsoft doesn't have Call of Duty yet, but right. you know they seem to be on track to doing that. And um, Call of Duty has finally gotten on board. I hope they do improve the settings that they have. But it's it's this. I think it's the start of something awesome, and it's it's really cool to see this year some really big high profile games getting native gyro controls. But yeah. Steam users and Joystick Mapper users and Rewazard users and uh, are already enjoying better gyro controls than most games um, natively provide, just through the interfaces they have available to them. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I, so I'm definitely going to check out Deathloop, and I am going to try it on my. I, I, sure. I I'm going to uninstall it on my Xbox, and I'll play it on the PlayStation <laughs> yeah, just because it's got the when gyro. I, look, when I am playing on deck, it's, yeah. um, I've been really enjoying the Aero GPX demo. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. What's that A-E-R-O, called? A-E-R-O, Aero GPX, A-E-R-O GPX. Okay, I can see it. I can see it. What and is this? Tell me about it. F-Zero? Spiritual successor to F-Zero. Um, <laughs> Look at this art. doing awesome work. It's an absolute blast to play. Free demo. Works really well on the deck. Oh, my God. I love the art for this. This is going to get added to my wish list instantaneously. The yeah, art for the, I love this art style of the, like that cell shaded, a cell shaded F zero. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. That's gorgeous. And, if and it nin- runs at like 150 FPS on my deck. <laughs> uh, and Nintendo won't give us a new F zero. So I guess we're just going to have to uh, get arrow GPX uh, instead. Yeah. Uh, the planned release date is DB uh, TBA, but there is a free download that you guys can check out right now. I'll make sure to add this to the show notes after the fact so that you guys can check it out. This looks fantastic. I can't wait to try this out. So you, how, how, how beefy is the, uh, is the demo? It's, um, I think there are four tracks. I don't know if the demo has been updated, um, you know, very recently, but mm-hmm. there are four tracks and there's a lot of learning to do. I've found there's a lot of learning to do there. It's been a very long time since I've played F zero and, um, there's some um, there some cool things with the controls here as well that just make the steering really really tight. Uh, it's just awesome. It's a blast. Yeah, I'm watching it right now, and it's like they're racing on the outside of a tube, and that takes me right back to uh, my GameCube uh, playing F Zero yeah, sure. GX on there and racing on the outside That's of right. that tube instead of through the inside. Okay, this is going on my wish list. Uh, thank you, uh, guys. If you missed any, if you don't watch yeah. the rest of the show, that right there is worth it. Um, I have been playing on the Steam Deck uh, Elder Scrolls Online last episode. Oh, I complained yep. that I couldn't install it. Uh, that's the wrong That's the wrong window. I complained that I couldn't install it, and uh, I finally was able to get it installed by changing the Proton version. This is really weird. Oh, wow. Because like, I would click on install, nothing at all would happen. And I complained about this last episode, and I had a bunch of people leave comments that were like, change the proton and that never occurred to me because i figured no. proton is something that runs at execution so like when i go to start the game that's when the proton compatibility layer kicks in but apparently oh. i was wrong about that so i switched over wow. to proton experimental and i was able to install it and then i went in and i did the little command in order to trick it into cuz you have to trick the game into recognizing your your uh, storage as storage on the Steam Deck oh, okay. because it's not made for for Linux. Sure. Um, so you trick it into that, and then I got it loaded up. I'm playing. I'm still kind of tweaking the settings to see like what's the best settings to play this game at on the Steam Deck. And right now I'm running it low, and I still get like 
frame drops, but I, I haven't had tons of time with it yet. So I'm going to do a little more experimenting and I'll probably talk about it on uh, the next episode on once, once I get the, you know, the, the, the frame rate dialed in. So it's nice and stable. Yeah, right. I love that game. Have you ever played elder scrolls online? No, I haven't. Look, it, it looks awesome. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I've got to admit, I haven't even played Skyrim. Um, wow. I might be the only person in the world who has probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, I do like Elder Scrolls games. I just feel like I don't have the time for them, um, which is a pity. Yeah, uh, I can totally see that. Like, I, I believe I was uh, talking to uh, Epos Vox uh, a couple episodes ago, and we talked about specifically the idea that big open world, hundreds of hour games tend to scare yeah. us away. And they don't yeah. grab our attention. MMOs are the exception for me because I'm True. talking to other people while I'm playing. And so it it definitely, like, I'll have hundreds of hours in an MMO. You give me that same game as a single-player game, and it'll scare me away, which is ridiculous. That's But that's just something going on up there but anyway elder scrolls online yeah, is really fun and uh, it's always super cheap go ahead what what frame rate are you shooting for on the day well i haven't made a, a decision yet on that right right now i'm trying to hit 60 because it's an older game you know like yeah, it, sure. I, it ran on the ps4 i believe it was 30 frames per second on the ps4 um and i played it on uh, Stadia, and I have the PC. I like, played it on PC. I've played it a bunch of times. I bought it a bunch of times too. Um, I, I want to hit sixty because, like, it feels really good, and it's a very action-heavy oh. uh, combat. And I, I'd like to hit sixty, but I could. Pro- I mean, if I if I hit that, hit it at forty, and just locked it, I'd already be done, and and I could probably have like. Um, medium settings or something like that but at the same time i would like to i'm just going to tweak just a little bit and see if i can get it to to maintain 60 by like right now i've just been like trying high medium low and i haven't gone into the specific details of each like turn on this thing and turn off that thing and make sure that the shadows are this and i haven't done that yet i'm going to do that before i give up on 60 and move to 40. Yeah, that makes sense. I think then once you find 60, if you are able to get there, you'll be glad you did. Yeah, absolutely. But the game is awesome, and it has hundreds of hours of content and uh, lots of customization for your character, and it's always super cheap. Like, they constantly have it on sale. You can get it for, like, yeah, five yeah, bucks, yeah. and uh, I don't think anybody would be sad if they picked that game up for high, for, for five bucks. That's good to know. I might keep an eye out um, for a sale and then just make sure it's actually in my in my library of games i haven't played yet yeah yeah that's what we all do we just buy games we're just we collect bits that's that's what it is we collect bits (laughs) and uh then we never play them especially if you're content creator uh you talk about the bits that you've collected and you never get to actually move those bits around and play that's right (laughs) all right uh let's move on to patch notes and we've got some patch notes for the steam deck there's a couple of things in here essentially this is taking what we talked about last week and pushing it to the stable channel. So I don't have a whole lot new to talk about here. There's a lot of fixes on here. Uh, they did add left and right stick deflection as an option for gyro activation buttons. Stick deflection is no longer considered part of touch. Yep. Um, so I still struggle to see why you would want to do that. And as somebody who is super into input, Mm-hmm. I'm curious if you can think of a reason why you would want to do this because when I touch this when I'm moving the stick I I mean I'd have to put my thumb like underneath the stick in order to do it without touching the top. So I struggle yeah, sure. to understand what's the point here. Yeah, I gotcha. I think to me um especially with gyro activation uh if the if stick deflection is affecting gyro activation, it's probably to disable gyro. Um, because even just a little bit of stick deflection, it messes with your camera. 
um, it, it's hard to aim with gyro while the stick is turning the camera as well. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people will use that as their gyro off button. Like at least while I'm correcting the camera, I can I can correct my controller without messing with the camera. Uh, whereas that's the opposite of how you'd usually use the touch, the capacitive touch on the on the deck, um, where you'd use that to activate gyro, especially if you're from a Steam controller background. Mm-hmm. So I think to me, there's this idea that um, if you are you want one config to behave the same across different controllers. And even if they don't have the same kinds of features, um, I think if you, if you have your control set up really nicely for the deck and then it works counterintuitively on a DualShock 4, that'd be a pity. So that's my thinking okay. behind it. But also just that um, they are... Slightly different things. What's the harm in letting players um, treat them slightly differently? And if there we if we are open, um, often players will surprise us with what they can actually do with our controls. And so um, people may know that I, I originally got Flickstick and a lot of my own gyro algorithms working in an open source program called Joystick Mapper, which I created. Um, someone else is running now. Um, I still contribute to here and there, but. It's always interesting seeing what other people come up with with the features that we've put in there that uh, we never really thought of because uh, people like to be really creative with these kinds of things. And it's the exact same for Steam input users as well. It's the same kind of demographic. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thanks. Uh, We got another patch as well. This one came out yesterday. And all they did was they added support for the 8-BitDo wireless controller dongle. It's weird to me that they had to add support for that, but okay. Now, what what is eight bit? I'm not asking you a question. I'm just, um, what are the questions that you don't actually look for an answer to? Rhetorical. rhetorical. It's a rhetorical question. Yeah. What is it the eight bit dough is doing different than other dongles? <laughs> anyway, they added Rumble support to the built in HID Steam controller driver, and they fixed a, a, a crash. So. Um, we're, we're seeing more and more updates and the, the more and more updates are getting, I don't want to say less interesting, less significant, but I I'm guessing that we're probably going to hit something big, like right around the corner for, uh, when we start going, moving towards 3.5, cause 3.4 added the ability for us to, uh, allow tearing, which got rid of a whole bunch of latency for people as well, which is so- great. All right. Yeah, awesome. I, I think they're moving very quickly, which I really love to see. Really? I know um, Aubrey Hesselgren in particular is doing a lot of the gyro and Flickstick stuff. He did um, Counter-Strike's native implementation of gyro controls and Flickstick, which are absolutely fantastic, top tier. Um, so I, I think it's awesome. He, he's sort of using CSGO as a testing ground um, for uh, really figuring out what features are great um, and should find their way into Steam input. And he's been, we've seen that with the new Flickstick configuration settings in Steam input. And uh, I think we'll see more of that with the gyro controls as well. Yeah, they they have been doing a lot of fine tuning with Flickstick. It's been, I think at least once a month, we see a patch where they're they're talk. They've been talking about uh, we changed how quickly you can you can uh, adjust to, in order to. Um, calibrate flick stick for your particular yeah, game sure. or we've changed this we've made sure that it's not bouncing back when you flick and let go like they've, yeah. they've been made they've been really fine-tuning that which is awesome they've been paying close attention yeah to that's it. aubrey he's doing great yeah all right let's uh let's talk about uh other regions um this is a little closer to where you live than for me like uh we i've had my steam deck since february and uh, now they are finally going to be released in Japan, South Korea, uh, Hong Kong, Taiwan on December 17th via Komodo, uh, which is basically Valve's partner, like retail partner um, over there. And uh, their official, that's their distributor in these regions. And you can sign up at steamdeck.komodo.jp. Uh, so more regions. Uh, I don't know if we knew about this date before this but it's it's now official cool. december 17th they're going to be having access i think that this is a big deal this is a really big especially Absolutely. especially japan because japan is the place where mobile video gaming 
is dominant. You look at the Nintendo Switch, you look oh. at the 3DS, you oh. look at like all those the devices where you are playing a game and, and taking it like it is incredibly popular over there, far more popular than than it is here. Do you think Nintendo reacts to this? Yeah, that's a great question. Um I'm not sure what Nintendo would be able to do except um double down on on their anti-emulation <laughs> stance, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, did you see the the ridiculous thing where Nintendo was like um what's the Steam Grid where they they went after Steam Grid for having pictures of games on Steam Grid? Oh wow. Yeah, it's ridiculous. No, I missed that. <laughs> yeah. So you you're you're not wrong. Uh Nintendo absolutely yeah. double down doubles down on that. Um I I mean this Nintendo I feel like Nintendo wanted to put out a Switch Pro. But they ended up putting out the Switch OLED because uh just getting the parts was too hard and they said we're just going to stick with what we've got for now rather than uh you know, fight to get these parts during this uh, unprecedented chip shortage. And oh. and now, you know, Valve comes in uh, like Thanos uh, grabbing, the, grabbing the glove and says, fine, I'll do it myself. And they put out a, a device that is exceedingly similar to the Switch, but far more powerful and more flexible. And I am not yep. here to start console wars. I still play my Switch. I still play my Steam or I play my Steam Deck. I think that they are both awesome systems. And I my most anticipated game for next year is Breath of the Wild 2, uh sure. Tears of the Kingdom or whatever it's called. Like that's my most anticipated game next year. I'm gonna be pl- putting a lot of time into my Nintendo Switch. But when this thing comes out in Japan. I think it's going to be a runaway hit and it's going to really propel steam forward. I think because in Japan, this form factor is exceedingly popular. And I I think I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens after December 17th. Yeah. I'm interested to see that too. I think as I agree with you that it's going to be um, really impactful. I think there's still some friction. One thing working against it, I guess is, for example, you were talking about how difficult it was to get um, Elder Scrolls Online working at all. Mm-hmm. And so there's this uncertainty with, is this game actually going to run on my deck that you just don't have with a, a console like the Switch? And so for a lot of people, I think Steam Deck is going to be scary, even if it is kind of like, um, you know, exciting and suddenly fits the form factor that's possible for them. Um yeah, I think, but that's improving. It's becoming less scary. How aware are potential buyers of how scary it is? I don't know. Uh, I think that's going to be the real, the real point of friction there. I think but, that's. Um, go ahead. Yeah. No, that that's it. Okay, I think that's a really good point. Um, like when you go to buy a game. I mean, I don't want to say it's a crapshoot on whether or not it's going to work because almost every game that I've tried on the oh, Steam yeah. Deck has worked, but you don't know. You know what I mean? You yeah. don't know for sure that it's going to work. And yeah, you've got that return policy, so you don't really have to worry about it too much. But at the same mm-hmm. time, you don't want to have to think about that. And with the Nintendo yeah. Switch, you don't want to have to think about that. But at the same time, the Switch, when it came out six years ago, was dated hardware when it released six years ago like if you compared the switch to the other consoles that were out when the switch came out it was already dated and now we're six years later and they still haven't put out a new one i i feel like they're definitely starting to show their age when you look at games like i I haven't played these but I've, i've heard bayonetta 3 is a disaster on the switch i haven't played it I, I could be wrong. I could be remembering wrong. I know that I've heard that Pokemon, uh, whatever the oh, new yeah, ones are, sure. is an absolute like slideshow on the Switch. Yeah. And 
you know, there's there's definitely the conversation to be had. Is this because Nintendo's hardware is not very powerful, or is this because the companies are rushing their games? I think it's probably because the companies are rushing their games, because if you look at some other games that are on the Switch that are just beautiful and run run flawlessly, and, like, that shows that it can be done if you take care, and Pokemon Company didn't have time to take care, I guess. Um, but, yeah, you know, they also have buckets that. of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Look, even with um, third-party cross-platform titles, a lot of them just won't make it to Switch at all. Right. Um, and, and that's probably the main reason for it. Um, the ones that do will often perform much worse on Switch. They'll look okay, mm-hmm. and they're really shooting for, like, if, if we can hit 30-ish FPS, let's get the best we can look with that. But... Um, a lot of these cross-platform, especially if they're multiplayer games, I want to be playing them at at least 60. 60 is the only option on Switch. Um, if you're not hitting that, um, I don't really want to play there. Thanks. Yeah. And then you have the games where they're like, okay, we can't get this to run on the hardware. So we're going to do a cloud version, which oh, is sure. fine. But a cloud version, in my opinion, does not work when you are on a portable system. I Yes, you can use uh geforce now or xbox whatever on on the steam deck uh you can play uh what is it control on this on the switch via the cloud you can but it's an unreliable connection because it's not a wired connection and that's always kind of iffy so i feel like switch really needs to release new hardware and they also need to tell the pokemon company hey do your homework, make it, make it right. It's, it's tough for them to say that though, because you know, it's the fastest selling Pokemon ever. <laughs> so I guess it doesn't yeah, matter. Sure. Pokemon companies realize doesn't really matter what we do. They're going to sell anyway, so we can do whatever we want. But I'm very interested to see a, does the steam deck sell well in Japan? B mm-hmm. does Nintendo react to it, which most of the time they just yeah. ignore everybody else and do their own thing. Uh, and I guess I have no no C. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, yeah. That's uh, a ahead. great question. Uh, uh, Nintendo's always had a really strong first party lineup, mm-hmm. and that's been to me the main selling point of a Nintendo system. Is like, I'm not going to get a Mario on any other system. I'm not no. going to get a Mario like you know, sort of PS1, PS2 generation. Uh, they were similar in that genre. There were a lot of 3D platformers, for example. But nothing has really uh, stood the test of time like like the 3D Mario's have, I'd say, um, mm-hmm. a, as an example. And, and nothing really compares to a Zelda as well. And so that's the unique s- selling point to me. Um, Nintendo still saw the need to really kind of carve out their own niche and uh, found huge success with that. And now, as you're pointing out, Steam's like, oh, um, that's a great niche for us, thanks, as well. And we have... Almost every game ever, except <laughs> yeah. Mario and Zelda, you know. Yeah, and really, we kind of do have Mario and Zelda. So, <laughs> right, because they did that. They did that. Um, that ad that had the Yuzu emulator in the ad, and then they ended up taking it down because they were like, "Well, it might be a little too yeah. antagonistic." Ah, <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, speaking of lineups, um, uh, Valve or On Deck tweeted out the um, the lineup of the top twenty games in November. I'm curious of these. Any of these jump out as the game as games that you've played on here? Uh, we've got vampires. Um, do you have it in front of you? Yeah, I do. Have oh, it okay. Go ahead. Things. So, anything on here jumping out at you? Look, um, Elden Ring's like the obvious one. <laughs> um, I, I've that was actually what convinced me to buy Elden Ring was that people were showing off that it was working great on deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the, I've had my deck since early February, I think, um, and yeah, I, and I knew I didn't have time for Elden Ring, but everyone was raving about it so much, and it was working well on deck. I had to get it. Um, there's a lot of classic old timers there, aren't mm-hmm. there? As as like the deck is still new this year, and so you have stuff like um, RimWorld, Binding of Isaac. Uh, the Witcher 3, older games mm-hmm. kind of coming up again and people really enjoying them as if they came out this year, essentially. Uh, so that's really cool to see. 
What stands out to you? So, well, I, I love that you're mentioning that this list would not show up on any other platform. No way. I think yeah. you know, like you, nobody, nobody's getting the PlayStation Five and then loading up um, Fallout Four. You know, yeah. well, I say nobody. People are going to be like, actually, Bill, this is what I understand that yeah. there's exceptions to every rule. Six of them are. Yeah. yeah, most people, most people are not getting a PS5 and then playing this the, like these games on there. But these games, like they're just awesome games to play. Like The Witcher Three Wild Hunt. Yeah. That's hundreds and upon hundreds in this giant open world, uh, and it runs flawlessly on the Steam Deck. Yeah. And it's about to get like a like a patch where they're they're like upgrading the graphics and everything, which is very, very cool. Um, yeah. As far as the games that jump out to me, obviously I've talked about Vampire Survivors endlessly. That game is amazing, incredibly fun, and super, super addictive. Uh, it's so relaxing and intense to play at the same time. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise, It like last yeah, year when that came out, that was probably my game of the year. I don't actually pick a game of, of the year. Maybe I should. I don't know. I don't usually do. Uh, but Monster Hunter Rise, man, I dumped tons of hours into that. It's so uh, repeatable. I love short, oh. repeatable game loops over and over. Monster Hunter Rise has that in space. And it's such a great kind of game to land on the deck, isn't it? Because Monster Hunter games for so so long were only portable games. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, all right, we're going to bring them to home consoles and PC. And then the deck's just like, cool, it's still portable. Yeah, I had it on the Switch, and I put um, uh, probably 80 hours. No, I I think it was 50 hours into it on the Switch. And then when I got the deck, I was like, well, I'm going to buy Monster Hunter Rise because I know I like that game. And this has has better sticks than the the Nintendo Switch. So I I thought this is going to feel like better. And it's a higher frame rate. And the graphics are better. And it has voice chat. And you take all those things together... I dumped, I think I doubled my hours on the Nintendo Switch on the Steam Deck, and I had already finished the game. And then Sunrise Hold came on. out, and I played it some more. So uh, that game jumps out of me. And, you know, you mentioned Elden Ring. I bought that game specifically because Valve had fixed their, like, the game launched. Yeah. There were stuttering issues from software, isn't the ones, they're not the ones that fixed it. Valve said, hey, we, we're going to, make these shaders and fix it ourselves. And then they did. And it ran really well on the deck. I mean, it's not 60 frames per second or anything. Um, I hear for a little while, it looked like deck was the best place to play it. Um, apart maybe from the home consoles, uh, just because of what valve valve did there. So that's awesome. Yeah. That game was, is so fun. And we'll talk about it in a little bit when we talk about possible, uh, possible awards, although we're already at 45 minutes, so we'll have to go fast. Um, the thing that stands out to me the most about this list is how diverse the games are. Uh, it's not yeah. just uh, open world uh, shooter with RPG mechanics. Like uh, it's got we've got Brotato on there, we've got Hades yeah. on there, you've got Fallout Four, you've got Slay the Spire, a card game. There's so many different genres represented here, and these are yeah. the top games, the top twenty games played uh, in November 2022 by hours played. I just think that that's awesome. Anyway. For sure. And you look at like RimWorld, for example, which... Which I never played. Um, what is that? So it's... it's um, I haven't played it, but I, I have friends who played it a lot. And it's sort of... You're dropped on a hostile uh, planet and you have to manage a bunch of survivors. It's 2D top-down in sort of a very similar style to Prison Architect. Um, oh, okay. Lots of, lots of systems interacting with each other. So I think you're not really directly controlling anyone and you're likely to die and it's all randomly generated <laughs> and stuff like that. And basically it's the kind of game I'm sure you absolutely need a mouse for. And so it's the kind of game you wouldn't see on any console list. Um, and it works great on deck. You've got your trackpads, you've got your gyro, um, you've got sticks if you really like to use them that way. Mm-hmm. Um it's just fantastic. And it, so it's the kind of appearance this, that I think is uh, impossible on another platform, almost impossible on another platform. I think if people em- embrace gyro more, you'd see gyro as a mouse more. Mm-hmm. Unlike like World of Good uh, does on Switch and a few other games as well. But yeah, you hear me. 
Yeah, and, and you you know you're right. It's probably because I scrolled down when you said it's probably not supported. It's like very it has to be a mouse kind of game. And as I scroll down, it does not list uh, yeah. controller as a val- valid input method. But with Steam input, you don't you don't have to have that stuff. You can just make yeah. your games work, which is awesome. And so it can make a most played list. Like that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, on a system that does not have a mouse, a game designed for a mouse is one yeah. of the top twenty. Most played games by hours on the Steam Deck. That is yeah. a, te- a a testament a testament to what you could yeah, do yeah. with Steam input. It's just so flexible, and it's probably Absolutely. the reason I was so excited about the Steam Deck when it got announced. Oh sure, I wrote an article recently called um, "A Million Reasons to Support Mixed Input." So mixed input is when a game supports mouse and controller and mm-hmm. keyboard at the same time nicely, and um, it was sort of pointing to there are more than a million Steam Decks out there. Every one of those is a reason to support mixed input in your game because if your game naturally works well with a controller and a keyboard and a mouse at the same time, which many games don't, but if you can make that happen, suddenly it just it controls well on deck. Yeah. Um, so do it. It drives <laughs> me crazy it. when I go to play a game and I want to do the mixed input uh, and uh, what happens is that the game starts flickering back and forth between like the on-screen yeah. prompts or like press X, press E, press X, press E. Because yeah. as I'm using the mouse, the, like the trackpad, That's right. <laughs> I, I'm using the mouse over here. So it tells me to press E and then I use the stick on the left and it's W or that's um like the controller An and it's like stick, yeah. press A and I'm like, okay, so now I can't remember what I have to push. And then I just end up not playing that game. So sure. developers. That makes a very good. Go ahead. Sorry, yeah. That makes a very good recommendation to developers, which is I understand that you're going to detect the input type and change your on-screen prompts accordingly. If possible, only change the keyboard prompts when you get keyboard input, not with mouse input. Because mm-hmm. the most common way to mix inputs is gamepad and mouse. Right. Well, mouse is trackpad and gyro. If you just kind of like can change it that little, um, obviously you never really know what's going on under the hood in some games. But if you can just make that little change. Suddenly you lose that flickering. It works great on deck. Yeah, it does. And it gives you, it, it makes configuring your inputs for a game so yeah. much easier. Cause then you don't have to go in and like, okay, I'm going to set the left joystick as WASD. And then I'm going to yeah. go in and say, set this as W, set this as A, set this as S, set this as D. And then I got to figure out, okay, what's the button to jump. And then when I go to play the game and I'm looking at the screen and it tells me press, uh, uh, you know, E, then, R or e yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I have to remember what did I bind that to, and it makes me have to do too much work, and I don't want to have yeah. to do too much work. Exactly the same for me. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on and talk about the game awards because Valve right. is giving away a game or uh, a game a 512 gigabyte Steam Deck every minute during the game awards. Uh, it's just so wild. it's crazy. Uh, so in celebration of the Game Awards and the Steam Deck being in stock <laughs> for now, uh, we're giving away one 512 gigabyte Steam Deck per minute of the broadcast on December 8th. Learn more. How register. many decks is that? How many? Uh, I th- I don't know how long it is. I'm going to guess the Game Awards is probably like somebody in chat is going to tell us or in chat in the yeah. comments down below is going to be Bill, you should know this, you know. But, hey, I can't know everything. I'm going to guess it's going to be probably two hours, maybe two and a half hours. And so that's oh. uh, two hours is 120 minutes. So two and a half hours would be 150 minutes. So 150 Steam Decks, that's not that many. I, I mean, yeah, it's more than zero. It's, you know, it's yeah, more yeah. than Steam Decks that I'm giving away. But it makes the odds feel really good, doesn't it? It if, does. If it's, it's in a supported it, region. Even more. Even more, if you realize that in order to watch, you have to watch on Steam. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> that's right. Yeah, if you click on the link, it takes you to this thing. You got to sign in, and then you have to watch on Steam, which most people do not watch things on no. Steam. And I totally understand. Like Valve, they came out with Steam Broadcast, where people could watch you play. It's kind of like Twitch nobody uses it like very few people are using steam bro i tried it a couple times just to see how it would work nobody watched ever and um it it was very interesting but you got to watch this on steam 
And a lot of people are not going to do that. So that really uh-huh. increases your chances of, of winning this. So if you want a five twelve steam deck, you know, watch the game awards there. Speaking of yeah. the game awards, um, I, yeah. I made a video where I predicted who I thought was going to win different categories and stuff. I never put the video out because I was like, oh, I don't know if people are really interested, but so what I figured is on this podcast, we could talk a little bit about it. All right. So yeah, cool. I figured we'll go through not every category because Holy cannoli, there's a lot of categories, right? Uh, we can't go through yeah. every category, but let's, let's just start with one of them and we'll say best indie which uh best indie i can't find best indie oh here it is best indie all right so for best indie we've got cult of the lamb neon white sifu stray and tunic uh oh Mm. it's showing the ones that i clicked on already so you can see that i think that cult of the lamb is is the one that's going to win have you played any of these ones um i haven't but i've i've watched most of them pretty closely and so I was at the Australian Game Developer Awards a little earlier in the year, and mm. obviously that's a smaller field. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know most of these games weren't there. Cult of the Lamb was, and almost every time it was nom- nominated for something, it um, scooped up the award. I think from from how I've seen people talking about the game, from what I've watched of the game, I won't be surprised. And and it's timing in the year as well because to come out relatively close for it to be recent in people's memory yeah. um, helps. So yeah. that's where I'd put my money as well. I think I talked about that a little bit in the unpublished video where I said, it's tough to bring out a game in Jan. Like if you have a, a yeah. killer game and that game comes out in January, the chances of it actually taking home the award pretty low. I mean, it has to be spectacular in order for a game yeah. from the early part of the year to still have that top of mind to it uh, at the end of the year. I, I do think that that's going to happen this year. Um, yeah, no, I think I know what you're talking about. Too. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, we might as well talk about it. Game of the year. Uh, we've got uh, Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I forgot to put it on the screen. Stray and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Of these games, yeah. I think that the only two options... I I've heard nothing but wonderful things about Xenoblade Chronicles it's 3. Really, yeah. I haven't played it, but it doesn't get as much talk as God of War Ragnarok and Elden Ring. Yeah. I yeah. think God of War Ragnarok has an advantage because it just came out. And so there's been yeah. a lot of talk about it. But Elden Ring just took over the internet when that game came out. Absolutely. When was that? It was February, right? February or March? Maybe February, yeah. I think it was February when it came out. And oh, it just- yeah, because it came out right after Forbidden West, and it was the classic, because Breath of the Wild had stolen <laughs> yes. um, Zero Dawn's Thunder, and then Elden Ring stole Forbidden West Thunder. Sorry, Aloy can't. They make great games. Yeah. Aloy cannot, cannot like, get a, catch a break. It's rough. <laughs> yeah. Feel bad for her. But I think Elden Ring's going to take it, because it just... Yeah. Everybody was talking about it nonstop. Are you with me there? You think maybe there's 100%. a chance for God of War? hundred percent. If they were, look, if they were close, then the recency would put God of War. Um, but the way people have talked about Elden Ring, I think I, I was going to say you almost have to. It sounds like an obligation if mm-hmm. I if I put it like that. But what I really mean is that um, surely enough people are in agreement here. I think. <laughs> yeah i don't like i i played dark i've never played dark souls one i never played demon souls i never played De- uh, dark souls two i bought dark souls three back when i used to stream on twitch only because my audience asked me to play it i played it like three or four times and i really didn't enjoy it cool. i only picked up elden ring because of the steam deck thing and i wanted to be able to talk about it yeah. And that game sucked me in. Like it grabbed yeah, my well. attention and held on really well. And I have a very short attention span. So that's that's a feat. My son played Elden Ring. I think he got I think he beat all but one boss on that game. Wow. Yeah. And and he played it on his on his PlayStation and I was playing it on my on my Steam Deck. But that's like everybody was really enjoying that game. 
people who like he usually plays shooters. Yeah. I usually play, you know, uh, you know whatever I usually play. It's a bunch of different stuff, but we both loved that game. It was it was fantastic. What a great what yeah. a great game. And it's the kind of game that I guess for me um, makes you think, oh, uh, someone who's a very casual gamer or not really into video games generally, they bounce off this hard. They wouldn't really get into it. And I think it kind of proves that wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would, I would even use Elden Ring as a counterpoint to what I said earlier about um, the the scariness and 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 opaqueness of of using a Steam Deck um, being a hindrance to its adoption in Japan. Um, the reality is, people people will go out of their way to play difficult games. Um, sorry, they'll go out of their way to play great games um, where they want to. And Elden Ring is proof of that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I absolutely agree with that. All right. We had some uh, some upcoming games to talk about, but we're already hitting the hour mark. So I think it's time to, to wrap it up. Jib, right. I need you to tell everybody all of the places that they can find your stuff uh, so that maybe oh. they can learn more about Flickstick. Yeah, look, I mainly point people towards Twitter. Um it's at JibSmart, um, and my YouTube, which is linked to my Twitter, um, is uh, JibSmartGD is my YouTube handle. Oh, thank you very much, because I'm, I'm JibSmartGameDev. And, um, yeah, keep an eye on what I'm doing, because I really like to talk about controls, not just about drive controls and flick stick, but I do like to point developers to best practices. I've been writing some articles, like I mentioned, the mixed input one, um, ways to improve aim assist as well. So look, I'd love you to for folks to find me, uh, reach out out to me, keep an eye on what I'm doing, and also on most of those videos, there's an invite to the Gyro Gaming Discord. You don't have to; you can be using any software you want to be getting gyro controls into your games. It can be on Steam Deck, it can be Joystick Mapper. It, you maybe you don't like input remappers, and you're just playing Splatoon and Fortnite and other games that natively natively have gyro. We'd love to have you there. Um, it's growing and it's an awesome place to be. Right, before we go, I was just looking at the the banner on top of your YouTube channel. It's got yeah. all these awesome controllers. On first off, is that a real picture or is that photoshopped? That's uh, that that's a that's a blender render. Uh, I, oh, okay. I modeled those controllers. Um, so if people who watch my videos will know, I have a three D overlay that um, people keep asking me to release. And I just haven't found the time to do it yet. But I use those models, um, put them in Blender and uh thought it'd make for a good backdrop it, it does but it, the reason i ask is because what's your favorite controller yeah it's a great question um so look dual sense is wonderful some people don't like how the shape has changed since the dualshock 4 um i i like it well like equally i guess and i like the added weight of it um but my dualshock 4 has an official playstation back button attachment and so that wins for me at the moment because mm. those back buttons are just wonderful. Are you are you going <laughs> are you going to pull the trigger, so to speak, on the really expensive DualSense Edge? Um, I'm not. <laughs> I am going to try to convince someone at PlayStation to send it to me um, <laughs> for some reason. I'll do, the the Steam Deck I got before uh, the deck came out. Um, it was it was a thank you from Valve for Flickstick. Uh, which was really kind of them. They certainly didn't have to do that um, at all. But I just, you know, maybe someone else wants to date me for something. Maybe PlayStation wants to send me uh, <laughs> a really expensive controller. Uh, I wouldn't complain. I want one of those so bad because I really do like the DualSense controller. Yeah. For $200. And, and the same thing with, yeah. the, with the Microsoft one. Like I've gone into the little uh, make-your-own um, oh sure. Make your own controller thing where you customize all the colors. I've gone into that six or seven times, customize it, uh, you know, all the way, and then uh, add it to the cart. I was like, all right, let's put the let's put the case in there. Let's put the extra sticks in there and all the little tweaky things. And then yeah, I'm like, this reasons, is stupid. Right? what the hell do I need this for? What would you say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for work reasons, right? It's a it's a <laughs> business expense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could tell that to my wife, and she would say, yeah. That's okay. Go ahead. She would have no problem with it, but I know Mm. that I don't Mm. need this. And so I just add it to the cart and then delete the cart over and over again. (laughs) 
Is is DualSense your favorite, or are you too much of a, a touch trackpad kind of uh, Steam Deck and, and Steam controller too good for you? So, if you know what I mean. No, I totally get what you mean. Um, the Steam controller for a really long time was my favorite controller, in spite of the fact that I yeah. think that the face buttons are too small. Like, I don't yeah. like the way that they feel. They're too small yeah. and too rounded on top. I don't. I don't like the way that that feels. The yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a fan of those face buttons. I think that it. It's a fantastic controller, but I. I almost wonder if the reason I liked it so much was because of how powerful and customizable Steam input is, and you don't have to use a Steam controller yeah. with Steam input. The the Dual Sense is technically better than the um uh the Microsoft uh Series X controller. In my opinion, sure. it's a better controller, but I prefer the Microsoft controller feel. I like the way it feels sure. better. But it doesn't have gyro and the triggers are not as cool. Um yeah. but at the same time, because Microsoft doesn't have gyro Nobody supports it because Microsoft doesn't have the fancy triggers that will give you the different differentiated resistance. Yeah. Nobody uses it. Like very few um, games support those features of the DualSense controller. So my favorite controller probably, I mean, is absolutely the Steam Deck right now, just because I have it. It has everything. Yeah, good. But yeah. if I'm just using a controller and not the Steam Deck, I think it's the Xbox controller is my favorite, even though it's yeah, not as good. Sure. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, I hear that. How, how do you like the uh, Switch Pro controller? It's fine. The D-pad is garbage. Um, I, yeah, sure. Everybody always like freaks out when I say this, but the D-pad on the on the Joy Cons, I love it. I love the D-pad on the Joy Cons. The separated buttons, buttons. is, is right. great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the uh, okay, I'm on the same page as you there. Yeah, the Switch Pro controller I think is good, but the D-pad's yeah. not great. Um, I love that it has gyro. It, it, it's and I love how big and wide and flat the face buttons are. Like I really like big, yeah, wide, absolutely. flat face buttons. I'd say people underrate the Steam uh, the Switch Pro controller. As gyro is excellent if you're using um, Steam input or or Joystick Mapper. Um, and I prefer that it has digital triggers instead of analog triggers. They're more responsive uh, for shooters, which I'm usually playing. Mm-hmm. I prefer an analog trigger for a driving game. If you like the Xbox stick layout, that's what's on the Switch Pro controller as well. So I'm just going to throw that out there. But uh, it's great. <laughs> it, it is very good. I I like the fact that the triggers, like, okay, it's got digital triggers, which is great. But you could just set up in a game so that any input would be an instantaneous, like any yeah. amount of pressure on that would be an instantaneous fire of that trigger, which would be perfect for shooters. But then you have to have some other controller for playing a racing game, like you were saying. I yeah. don't like, I just want to use one thing. And I, I, I absolutely can't stand it that all of the different controllers all have different layouts for the buttons. That drives me bananas. Yeah. <laughs> but, I've, I've talked about that extensively. Anyway, uh, we're going long, so I'm going to wrap right, it up. Yeah, but, uh, up. Jib, thank you so much for coming on the show. And if you, guys, so having me. if you guys have not checked out his videos, listen, you've heard me talk about Flickstick before. I've done a bad job explaining what it is. So watch his videos so that you can see how it actually works. And if you use Flickstick, let us know in the comments section down below what you think of it. And, uh, you know, what, what kind of, uh, what kind of things do you use it for? Anyway, Jib, thank you so much for hanging out with me, man. I I really do appreciate it. I hope you have an awesome day. Stay rad, everybody. I had a great chat with you, Bill. Absolutely. Bye.